Hi, friends. Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Stong. I have a exciting to me topic. <laughs> I hope it's engaging and interesting and something that you want to explore as well. We are talking about unmasking ourselves, conversations with the imposter within. Again, I'm on my love affair um, with Abba's Child, The Cry of the Heart for Intimate Belonging by Brennan Manning. I will never get his name wrong again um, publicly. And you guys know that I just record the podcast in one go and don't edit it. I mean, really? So I leave it all in. Talk about... Um, like th th just raw, you get it so unfiltered. So today we're going to really talk about some facets of our complex identity that really helps us in our journey to self-discovery. And I love this concept that is profound, but so familiar to so many of us. And I'm gonna talk about the difference between the imposter and the imposter syndrome that we hear so much about, but the imposter within all of us, the shadow self. And we all have this, we all carry it with us, a false self that wears many masks often, that is fraught with self-doubt and insecurity and really can prevent us from fully expressing who we are. It's the voice in our head that tells us that we're not good enough. The part of us that holds us back when we go to embrace all of us. And, and that shadow self, shadow self, which is hard for me to pronounce, the darker, unacknowledged parts of our personality that we often push to the unconscious. And I know I'm a cognitive behaviorist, but I think this work is so real. I mean, we talk a lot about our unwritten scripts or unacknowledged scripts and what that does to our understanding um, of who we are and what we are about. Now, um, it, it, I, I'm struggling to know where to begin because, no, I think I'm going to begin with a quote by Brennan um, from Abba's Child, um, our false self stubbornly blinds each of us to the light. And at the same time, we cannot acknowledge the darkness within. I find that so powerful that we hide, we pretend, we wear masks. And why do we do this? Because acknowledging our darkness, our flaws, our weaknesses is for some beyond scary. For most of us, it's a proposition that we're not interested in. It means confronting parts of us that we aren't proud of, that we are ashamed of, that we've been told are, um, are evil or awful or un unable to be seen. We fear that. We fear being seen as less than another person or less than perfect, less than whole. But as Brennan writes, it is our false self that stands in the way of our intimacy with God, with our highest selves. And 
I, I, I really think about this, like, how do I show up in all my pain and struggles and at the same time say that there's hope? It's not my hope. It's not a false hope. It's hope. And Brennan goes on to say, I mean, I could quote everything from sweet Brennan, um, but he says that when we refuse to be our true selves with God, our true self with God, and then we wonder why we lack intimacy with him, the deepest desires of our hearts is for union with God. And so I think it really goes down to this idea of or this question, can we connect with the divine? If we're not honest with who we are, with all that we are, in all our complexity, how do we allow ourselves to see our own self, our own, the many sides of who we are? It's, we talk a lot about toxic positivity and also toxic gratitude, right? But never in this work are we saying, oh, I can't feel that. I can't. We have to acknowledge it. Goes back to the what you resist persists. And so we're doing the work to say, here I am. Here I am in all that I am. And we were, I just had a conversation with one of my children and I was like, it's so good to be genuine and authentic, but there is limits to whom and to who you do, same thing, to whom you share that with, right? But how do we live fully? How do we confront all that we are? I love um, the Thomas Merton, of course. Every, he says every one of us is shadowed by an illusory. I can't say that word. Illusory self. I again, I should have chosen a different quote because I can't say that. Uh, um, a false self. This is the man. I would say woman. I want myself to be, but cannot exist because God does not know anything about them. There is a deep truth in these words. That person, the imposter, is the one we often show to the world, the one that feels safe, acceptable, always in control. Yet this false self cannot exist because it is disconnected from the truth, disconnected from our authentic being, disconnected from the divine. And so I want to invite you to join me in a journey of self-discovery. And so, you know, I love to give homework assignments. I don't think anybody else does, um, loves um, homework assignments. But um, what if you wrote a letter? to your imposter, to your false self. And this, yes, it's strange and it probably feels uncomfortable. It may be even feel like you're splitting or that you're like, 
splitting yourself in two. But we remember Brennan says that hatred is the of the imposter is actually self-hatred. The imposter and I constitute one person. And so we're going to write this letter with kindness and compassion. We're going to acknowledge the imposter's presence. We're going to recognize why that imposter is there. Because once upon a time, you believed you needed it to survive. And frankly, sometimes I still need it to survive. But as you write, I want you to gently, with empathy and compassion, remind yourself that this imposter, this side of you, that it's okay to step back. It's okay to let your true self step forward, flaws and all. And um, Brennan, I, I just have to um, <laughs> read parts of his, his letter. And I debated about reading my own, but his is so good. Good morning, imposter. Surely you're surprised by the cordial greeting. You probably expected, hello, you little jerk, since I have hammered you from day one on his retreat. Let me begin by admitting that I have been unreasonable, ungrateful, and unbalanced in my appraisal for you. Of course, you were aware, puff of smoke, that in addressing you, I am talking to myself. You are not some isolated, impersonal entity living on an asteroid, but a real part of me. I come today with an olive branch, blah, blah, blah. But um, in this, you taught me how to hide from my real self, from everyone, and initiated a lifelong process of concealment, containment, and withdrawal. Your resourcefulness enabled me to survive. But then your mean side appeared to me and you started lying to me. Brennan, you whispered, if you persist in this folly of being yourself, your few long-suffering friends will hit the bricks, leaving you all alone. Stuff your feelings, shut down your memories, withhold your opinions, and develop social graces so you'll fit in wherever you are. And so this elaborate game of pretense and deception began. I, I, this is really hitting me. I, I probably read this 20 times. You know, we always ask the pieces in us, like, why is this there? Why am I thinking this? And there's always a reason. I think about the ways that we don't want to burden people with our problems. Or I, I recently saw a neighbor and I hadn't shared what was going on in my life. And I just unloaded on her, right? And I felt guilt for not being positive and how many of us walk with that. Just as we talked about with the wounded healer, like there is a piece of me that is in pain. And there's a piece of me that wants to connect. And on some level, I believe that people will only accept me if I'm like, if I'm good and have a good family and present appropriately. And that, my friends, is the script. That is the script that will will 
I will be addressing for a very long time. And um, Brennan goes on to say, the bottom line, my pampered playmate, is that you are both needy and selfish. You need care, love, and a safe dwelling place. My gift is to take you where unknowingly you have longed to be in the presence of Jesus. Your days of running riot are history. From now on, you slow down, slow very down. And then you, he goes on to nickname um, the imposter Peewee because naturally you're, he's not going to roll over and die. Uh, but the longer I, I see you, I want you to shrink. And so, you know, I name mine uh, imposter, a very telling name, Nancy, um, for the person that I, I think I have I got a lot of my, you have to be this for friends to accept you and not leave you. And so it's interesting the way that we process this. And, and when we do this, when we accept all the parts of ourselves, when not accept, we're not even going to go there right now. When we acknowledge the parts of ourself, the light and the dark, the authentic and the imposter, we start to create a more genuine relationship with ourselves, with others. And I believe even with God, it's about acceptance and compassion and understanding, even for the parts of ourselves that we find the most challenging to love. Oof. And I want you to remember that this is a journey. What is it? There, like. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And there's no right way or wrong way to navigate this path. It's about exploring, learning, growing, and becoming more authentically who you are, who you were, are called to be, and to whom you belong. And before we end, before we wrap this up, I want to touch on a really important topic that's related to the concept of the imposter self, right? And I almost threw this in at the beginning and I was like, focus, Jess, focus. And I need to take a sip of coffee really quickly here. My throat's dry. Um, okay, so imposter self and imposter syndrome, while they share the same name, uh, they're, they're related phenomena, right? Imposter syndrome is the psychological pattern where we doubt our accomplishments and talents and have a fear of being exposed as a fraud, right? Despite having adequate external evidence of accomplishments, people often will attribute their success to luck or as a result of deceiving others because people don't really know into thinking that they are more intelligent than they perceive their themselves to be. And this, sweet friends, is different than the imposter that we've been discussing today, which is more part of our identity, a constructed false self that sometimes we use to present ourselves to the world, often driven by an innate fear of rejection, exposure, judgment, the word I have trouble saying, vulnerability, 
So I can say words only after, I mean, it's been 25 years of trying to say this word be, since college. And now I'm finally getting it, sweet friends. Now, if I can say illusory, illusory, <laughs> but imposter syndrome is about feeling fraudulent in what you do, especially in the context of your work or achievements, while the imposter self or shadow self is about feeling fraudulent in who you are at your core. While both result in feeling disconnected from our authentic selves and really disconnected from others, I think they are distinct and require different approaches or different ways to address. Now, we talk to that imposter in imposter syndrome the same way. I mean, it's our internal critic, right? And so it, it's a blurring. But when dealing with imposter syndrome, we often are challenged to work on identifying our accomplishments, our achievements, internalizing success and understanding and uncovering why we are afraid of it and accepting that we are competent and deserving, which that is a deep work that one undergoes, right? And on the other hand, dealing with our shadow self or imposter involves deep introspection, honesty, acceptance of our whole self. And that is all the things, right? The good, the bad, the ugly, the parts that we don't like, or we feel uncomfortable with, um, the parts that like that we wouldn't show others, but we also don't show ourselves because it's too painful. Um, we were um, in therapy session and we were talking about um, how I think it's appropriate to fake it till you make it. Uh, I was deeply influenced by this um, idea of behavioral activation that sometimes you don't feel like doing things, but you just do it and the feelings might follow. And how that can be construed as inauthentic and like uh, it is living and from an imposter. Um, and so this work is, is important and real and accepting all of us, all the different facets of our psyche. And I keep saying accepting. I just want us to get to acknowledging, not even accepting. Yes, we want to get to accepting, but like acknowledging is a, or is a good first step, right? It can help us lead more fulfilled lives. It's about understanding where they came from. It's understanding who we are, where we stand, where we aim to go without self-deception, without self-doubt. And so as you attempt your homework or your encouraged experience, that's what we're going to call it, 
I want you to think about this shadow self. Both deserve your attention. Keep embracing this work. Dear listeners, I love you all with authenticity, empathy, compassion towards yourself and courage. Um, I did not get into um, Jungian analysis and the exploration of the shadow self that will come. I tried to keep it focused today, but you know I want to tell you all the things that is in swirling around in this brain. But I'm going to wrap up the episode of really unmasking ourselves and just really having conversations with who we are. I'm so excited um, that you're here on this journey with me. Uh, Until next time, remember, please be kind with yourself because you are more than enough just as you are. Have a great and courageous week, sweet friends. See you soon. Goodbye.